It's another exciting edition of the Next Fan Up podcast. I am Pod Vader, and I am joined today by not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six super fans. This might be the most super fans assembled in one spot. It's a good thing we don't have a president and vice president. Otherwise, we'd all have to uh, do this in separate states. Oh, we all are in separate states. It just sounds like we're in the same place. I'm rambling. I tend to do that. Here we go. This is the preseason postseason prediction show, the three P show, as I like to nickname it. And I just nicknamed it that if you haven't checked out any of our division previews, this show is the bow on top of the present. This wraps everything up. So please go and listen to our division shows. You can find them on iTunes or any great place. Podcasts are heard. We like the aha radio app. For instance, you can get that in iTunes or at the Google play store. And if you have a car that's already set up, it's available in your dashboard, which is pretty sweet. Uh, so go check out the AHA radio app. And you can email us. We'd love to hear from you. I know you have disagreements about some of the opinions we've mentioned this whole month of June about your favorite team. Nextfanup at gmail.com is the email address. You can tweet us at NFU Podcast. And of course, our Facebook page, just search Next Fan Up on Facebook. You'll find our page. All of our division previews are posted there, as well as a bunch of lists that we've made uh, over the last year and a half now, uh, including the top 10 players uh, for every team. It's right there. Go and read those. Disagree with us. Send in your comments. We want to be engaged with you. All right. Let me bring in all of our super fans and introduce them one by one. And we will start with the man who bring bring us the Game of Thrones comparisons all month long. That is James, our Texan super fan. Hello, James. Howdy, Pod. How's it going today? It's a fantastic day because we're talking football. And when you're talking football, it's a fantastic day. See what I did there? I just flip-flopped him. It's a crazy day already. Uh, let's go to the one guy who might be a little different than the rest, uh, and we'll get into why in just a moment. It's not because he's got a funny accent and lives across the pond in Scotland. It's our Redskin super fan, Neil. Hello, Neil. Hey, Jay. Hey, James. Hey, guys. I'm just uh, super excited, Jay, just to know that I've been invited on to the preseason, postseason uh uh, pod, so I'm expecting big things. Hope I'm not going to be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I hope not either. Uh, moving on, <laughs> uh, one of our other Thursday regulars uh, in the AFC. He is our Steelers superfan, Greg. Hello, Greg. Hey, Jay. How's it going? Working. It's working. Uh, let's switch back to the NFC with a, one of our other Thursday regulars. It is uh, Justin. Hello, Justin. Hello, Jay. Hello, fellas. I feel like there is a light at the end of the tunnel now. We've actually got training camps. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, preseason coming up. So I'm starting to get excited. And I don't know why I, I decided to give the Thursday guys an extra bump, as this is a Sunday, and our regular Sunday host is Nick, our chief superfan. Hello, Nick. How's it going? I'm actually calling in from the National, National Mall in our nation's capital here. And, you know, generally walking around here between these giant monuments and grandiose buildings, I get this sense of just a patriotism and oomph about this great seat of imperial power. But knowing that it's also the seat of a 9-7 and seven division winner, it's just, just not the same. <laughs> oh, Neil. Well, that, that, took, that took all of one minute to get that in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent. And then... By special request, uh, as I requested his presence, it is Dr. Jones, our Cardinals superfan. Hello, good doctor. Hello, sir. Pod, thank you for letting me join the call. I am now deep in my bunker, having the 10-hour countdown to the Arizona Cardinals all-in special on Amazon Prime. Make sure everybody checks that out. I'm getting really excited. 
It is. It, it's it's that time, you know, we, we've had a great month here in June giving you division previews, uh, but it's been a little different for us. We pre-recorded them, if you couldn't tell, uh, because we haven't reacted to any of the recent news that's occurred in the NFL, including some of the recent news that's occurred since we recorded this particular episode. Uh, but, you know, certain things like uh, James Harrison demanding Roger Goodell come interview him at his house. Uh, Andrew Luck signs a record contract with $87 million guaranteed. I saw uh, Matt Chatham of Football by Football. He's been a regular guest on this program. Uh, tweet out, hey, congratulations, because the highest paid player in the NFL uh, usually does great things for, for your team. Uh, <laughs> it's something about the cults that former Patriots just don't like. Uh, the so so there's been lots of things that have happened, but again, we're gonna sort of put it under the umbrella of looking at the postseason. And as you've heard on all of our division previews, I went through every game and picked a winner and a loser for every single game in the upcoming season, and that gave me my my records, uh, the, my regular season records. And then I went through and I've decided to uh, bracket the NFL playoffs and pick my eventual Super Bowl champion. Before we get to that, though, I want to revisit our Game of Thrones comparisons. Uh, James, as Game of Thrones, the season finale has occurred. Uh, are there any comparisons that you made? And they were fantastic, by the way. But were there any that were made that you now sort of upon rethought uh, perhaps want to change? Well, as far as changing them, uh, I've heard a couple of opinions, you know, one way or the other uh, about, you know, oh, Jon Snow shouldn't be the Green Bay Packers because they haven't been relevant for quite some time, which, you know, I guess that's more uh, more bitter grapes from certain teams than anything. But uh I think it just serves to kind of reinforce um, my comparison of the high Sparrow to the Denver Broncos. Uh, You know, everybody hopefully has seen the opening uh, scene from the season finale. If not, skip ahead a minute or two. But for the high Sparrow to just kind of sit there in, uh, you know, in in kind of an oblivious stupor as everybody around him is pointing out what's going wrong, uh, he's like, no, 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 we're just going to proceed. Uh, that, to me, just really reinforced the, the John Elway approach to this offseason and how everything is just going to be fine, how he you know, let Malik Jackson go, how he let uh, you know, Mark Sanchez now become his starting quarterback, how, uh, oh, man, it, you know, the list just goes on and on. They're, they screwed up their offer sheet to C.J. Anderson. Um you know, they, they had a lot of power. Maybe they got that power a little too quickly, and it, it, it all came crumbling down around them. At least that's kind of what I hope for the Denver Broncos this season. I could be proven wrong very quickly, though. Uh, did anyone get the uh, White King? Did you deem any team the White King? No, uh, I, I didn't get anybody as, uh, as the White King, and I also didn't have anybody as Toman. Um, so unfortunately a couple of the bigger players from the episode, uh, didn't have an NFL equivalent. Hmm. It's too bad. It's too bad. Uh, did anyone else, every, everyone, I believe, uh, listening to the division previews enjoyed their comparison, actually kind of embraced the comparisons that they were given. Uh, were there other, were there others that your, you were hoping your team was going to be named, uh, We'll start uh, with you, Neil, because I know you don't watch the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming to me first. Uh, I would just ask, <clears throat> sorry, I would just ask James, uh, does any team deserve to get high? Did any team deserve to get what's that, Neil? Does any team deserve to get served the pie? <laughs> ah, what's the? <laughs> uh, see, see, I, I have done my research for this. Thank you very much. Well, um, I mean, if, if the whole L.A. thing blows up in, uh, in Stan Kroenke's face, he would definitely kind of deserve that. Uh, I, I know a few uh, bitter St. Louis fans that would be more than happy to uh, serve him a slice of that particular pie. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Um, anybody else have any Game of Thrones references they want to throw in there? Because it's just been it's been a fun segment for sure in these division previews. You know, uh, I just wanted to throw out one that I thought of a minute ago. Um, I think we could compare the Dallas Cowboys to the Three-Eyed Raven because they're old, brittle, and exclusively live in the past. Mm. <laughs> Very nice. It's a suitable comparison, that's for sure. Although, I don't know if I'd want to give them the benefit of being someone so powerful. Although, I guess at one point they were. And wise. I also don't that's think anybody... <laughs> yes, and wise. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of wise or not wise, uh, my foolhardy uh, attempt at picking winners and losers for every single NFL game, as I've done every year... Uh, you know, I've I've received quite a bit of feedback from from people, mainly the super fans, about uh, about my predictions. Uh, and let me just recap them real quickly. Uh, starting in the AFC East, the Patriots will win the division at ten and six. They will go to the playoffs as the fourth seed. Uh, the Jets uh, will finish seven and nine, miss the playoffs, and the Bills and the Dolphins will remain irrelevant at five and eleven. In the uh, AFC North, I have the Steelers winning with a hearty 13-3 record. The Bengals coming in second at 10-6. Both of those teams will be in the playoffs. The Steelers, the number one seed in the AFC. The Ravens will finish 8-8. Eight and eight. And the Browns, uh, I, was, I was very kind to them and gave them two victories for the year. In the AFC South... The Texans will come away as the division champs at 11 and 5. No other team in this division will make the playoffs. The Jaguars will come in second at 9 and 7. The Colts at 6 and 10. And the Titans at 3 and 13. Uh, and in the AFC West, uh, we have the Chiefs winning this particular division at 13 and 3. The Raiders coming in second at 12 and 4. Both of those teams will make the playoffs. The Broncos will finish at 8-8, eight and eight, uh, as I labeled them the mediocre team in the AFC. And the Chargers will improve from their 4-12 and 12 record to finish 5-11. and 11. Uh, So those are my AFC teams. I'll talk about the seeding in the AFC playoffs in just a moment. Moving to the NFC. In the NFC South... The division winner will again be the Carolina Panthers at 13 and three. And as I mentioned uh, during the division preview, I'm a little I'm a little bit lower on the Panthers now after listening to the podcast with the super fans. Um, I'm I'm leaving the records the same for now, but obviously I'm going to do this all over again before the regular season begins. Uh, because there will be changes during the preseason. The Saints will finish in second at 9-7 and seven and will miss the playoffs due to tiebreakers. The Falcons at 7-9 and nine and the Buccaneers at 5-11. and 11. Uh, As I mentioned during the division preview, those three teams I think might be even a little closer than what I have them. The Bucks obviously will have a few more wins, and the Falcons and Saints might have a couple more losses. The Cardinals... Uh, in the AFC uh, West will finish second at 13 and three as the Seahawks will beat them by having a better conference record. Uh, And this is going to be something that we're definitely going to get into is the tiebreakers in the NFC because the Seahawks will end up being the second seed as I have another team higher than them uh, to be the number one seed. Uh, But the fact that it'll come down to conference record between the Seahawks and Cardinals, that's how close I think those two teams actually are. The Rams, I was generous and gave them two victories, but the 49ers, I was not. Uh, My hate for the 49ers continues. They'll go one in 14. They'll win their first game of the season, which happens to be against those Los Angeles Rams of Anaheim and then lose the rest of them. Uh, In the, uh, NFC East or the NFC least, which I admitted was not a fair thing to oh, say. Fine. It's really the NFC mediocre. Ah, uh, yes, Neil. I knew Neil couldn't keep quiet during this moment. Uh, I have the Giants winning the division with the better division record at nine and seven. The Cowboys will miss the playoffs, also at nine and seven. The Redskins, due to the differentiator of the first place record. 
will fall to seven and nine, and then the Eagles four and twelve. Now, this being the NFC mediocre, if you give or if you give or take a game or two, uh, the Redskins, Giants, and Cowboys could all flip positions. I think this is going to be the most contested division, but ultimately, it's not going to matter because uh, they all stink. The NFC North, uh, we have the Packers at 14 and 2. They'll be the number one seed in the playoffs. The Vikings, uh, I, my hate for the Vikings continues. They'll fall to 7 and 9. The Bears, I don't know why I like the Bears so much. Uh, I have them at 9 and 7, and because of a better conference record, will be the other wild card in the NFC and the lions uh, will finish the season at four and 12. So that's, that's how I saw the regular season pan out guys. And I'm sure you all have some comments. Let's start with Neil. So he can slap me around a little bit. Oh, uh, Jay, you know, it's so early in, in the, or not even in the season yet. I think, I think you've got the NFC East partially right. Um, I think the Giants, Cowboys, and Redskins uh, could all finish nine and seven or eight and eight, nine and seven. But I'm going to, you know, I said on the pods for the NFC East that uh, that we would be second behind the Giants or or, or just ahead of the Giants. Uh, looking at, I had a look at our roster and I had a look at their roster. I'm going to put us in there at ten and six. I, I think it's it's better. I, your first place schedule idea. I think that is probably has the potential to be quite flawed. I don't. I don't think that's that's as good as a, uh, a predictor as, as maybe you've used it in these in these uh, in these predictions here. I like your I like the Eagles at four and twelve, and yeah, I have nothing else to say about the NFC East. I could go through various other teams. I mean, your AFC West. Blame me. What happened there? Uh, but yeah, stop <laughs> me, please. Move on. Well, Neil, I'm just going to tell you, I mean, there's just certain teams that you're going to play that the that the Giants and the Cowboys won't have to play because you finished in first place last season. Sure. And as I compare you to those other teams that you're going to have to face, I mean, we're talking about, uh, I believe, we're talking about the Cardinals uh, being one of them. Uh, I cannot pick mm-hmm. you to beat the Cardinals in Arizona. Dr. Jones, what do you think? Can you beat the Redskins? No, my personal answer would be with ease. Um, Kirk Cousins has a tendency to throw bad interceptions. He's done it in Arizona before, and I expect him to do it again. So, I mean, I also don't think we'll win that game. Yeah. So, so, and that's a differentiator game, you know, in comparison, let's, let's go look at Dallas, for instance. I mean, again, I'm putting you, I'm, I'm putting I believe I split the game, your division games, amongst all the other three teams. So it comes down to your out-of-division games. And and since you guys are playing the same divisions, for the most part, uh, you'll have two extra games against teams that the other two won't have to play. And that's sort of what ends up giving you the losing record to the Giants and the Cowboys. And the Giants and the Cowboys have the benefit of playing a weaker schedule. That's that's sort of how I looked at the NFC East. Um, sure, but that's, the, the schedule is based on last year. That's also true. I will say that I was heavily influenced by the results of last year, and as we know, that cannot uh, be an indicator of future results. Can uh, I just... Sorry, I don't want to hog this. Not can I just say one more thing? I, the one that really stood out for me was your uh, was your Vikings. I think you had the Vikes at seven and nine. Yes, I have them as division winners. I think, but eh, we'll see. Well, I admitted, I admit that I I hate the Vikings and I probably love the Packers <laughs> a little too much, uh, and I, I obviously love the Bears too much as well. Um, but. Uh, mm. The Packers, I believe, have the easiest schedule in the NFL uh, as I was looking at the teams that they have to face uh, this upcoming season. Uh, And I think that will bode well for them for the regular season. But when we get into the postseason, uh, that's going to be a huge problem for them. Nick, uh, as the AFC West 
uh, division champion under my book. I heard in your division preview where all four of your super fans all sort of thought uh, that this could be the most contested division in the NFL, and you had sort of maybe a two- or three-game difference between first place and last place. I don't see that at all. I mean, tell me why the Chargers are going to be that much better this year. Well, the Chargers ended the season with something like 15 players in IR, and a lot of those were starters. I mean, their their offensive line in particular was decimated by injuries. Keenan Allen was out for most of the season. He was like their biggest offensive weapon. And they just, I mean, by the uh, by, about a third of the way through the season, they had not a starting NFL roster. But I mean, basically, all those guys are coming back, and you still have the best quarterback in the division. I think, I mean, you know, the Chargers are always this way, in which there's going to be a lot of hype. They're going to they're going to overachieve in certain games, and then they'll just like they will underachieve on the season. I, I still expect them to be somewhere around 500, uh, but that's still uh, quite a bit higher than I think uh, you have them. And that's largely just because there is still a lot of talent on that roster. The defense is better than I think most people realize, um, given how inept they were generally last year. But again, that was mostly because of injuries. I mean, I I, I have to say, uh, I know I, I've teased Monty almost this entire offseason that the Raiders were going to be my boyfriends, as I deemed the Atlanta Falcons last year. Uh, and that didn't work out too well for the Atlanta Falcons, unfortunately. Uh I still like the Raiders a lot. I probably like them just as much as pretty much everyone else uh, that's a quote-unquote expert uh, likes the Raiders. But I really like the Chiefs, Nick, and I'm going to officially declare the Kansas City Chiefs as my boyfriends for the 2016 NFL season. Uh, oh, God. Why, why would you do this to me? <laughs> really, Why? <laughs> I am I am and have always been a much higher supporter of Alex Smith and I really don't get why people come down on Alex Smith as much as they do. He is more than a competent quarterback uh and all he does is win. All I do is win 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 no matter what. Sorry, I had to start singing. Uh, <laughs> but uh and looking at your schedule, I mean, I've got I've got a loss against the Broncos, a division loss. I have a loss against the Carolina Panthers, uh, and then I have a loss against Oakland, another division loss. But beyond that, I mean, I don't really see any other area or any other team that uh, you really have much to be worried with. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying there. I, I went through the schedule game by game the same way that you did too, and intentionally trying to give myself a, a very pessimistic view on this, like try to you know, eliminate any type of wishful thinking from my mind. It's just like, you know, what's probably the smart bet here? In fact, what's the pessimistic bet? Particularly if some, some of these X factors, some of these question marks in the season, like uh, like Justin Houston's injury, end up being worse than we think. And I came up with 10 and 6. Now, that's like my pessimistic version. So that's still that's still plenty good. What's going to be interesting about the AFC West is that we play the AFC South and the NFC South. So that's the Carolina Panthers and a whole bunch of bad teams. Um, and so I think what's going to happen is that basically every team in the division is going to be able to beat up on all of their non-division opponents. And then it's really going to come down to those division games. And the, the Chiefs were 5-1 and one in the division last year. The, their only loss in the division was that uh, the Week 2 Razor's Edge game against uh, Against the, against the Broncos on Monday night. So I don't expect to go exactly like that this year, but I think the Chiefs are definitely in the, the best position to capitalize now that Denver is falling a bit and, and making their division. So I agree with you definitely on that, that aspect of it. You know, Greg, you've been fairly quiet in this podcast as I look at the uh, AFC North, which uh, was definitely in contention for the best division in football, but based on win-loss record, that title does ultimately go to the AFC West. Um, you know, your thoughts on being the number one seed in the playoffs. It's uh, not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the division is just too good. They know each other too well. Um, you know, you gave the Browns, I think what you said, two wins. They're going to have one win in the division, but I don't know who they're going to beat. They could easily beat the Steelers. I mean, they did it the last couple of years. So, I mean, the Steelers, uh, as someone alluded to uh, before, that the Steelers, I mean, not on this podcast, but a prior one, the Steelers always seem to lose a game or two that they shouldn't. And so, I, I mean, I think 11-5 and five sounds about right for the Steelers this year. 
and not, that's not going to win the best seed. Uh, I think Baltimore is going to be stronger. They're going to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh because they apparently always do that because of you know all the different circumstances. But I mean, eleven and five, I think, is the ceiling that you can expect from the Steelers, just because they're going to blow one or two games, and the division's a lot more competitive than people give it credit for. Yeah, I have your losses uh, being Kansas City, Baltimore, and Dallas. Um, I think I picked Dallas as the as the loss that you shouldn't have. Um, but otherwise, and we're going to lose, and we're going to lose a Tom Brady because we always lose Tom Brady. Uh. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. I, I'm really down on the Patriots this year, as I mentioned at the top. They uh, winning the division at ten and six is not exactly world beaters, and only two of those losses are with Garoppolo. Assuming it's Garoppolo, uh, as I said, we haven't updated for all of the latest news and information at this point. But at the time of this recording, we don't know if Brady's uh, suspension is still going to hold or not. Let's talk about that crazy NFC West scenario that I have painted for you, Dr. Jones and Justin. I mean, I I think I heard you guys sort of talking about this on your division preview as well. If there are two teams that are in any division that mirror each other, I think the Cardinals and the Seahawks are those two teams. Now, clearly, there are a few differences in Carson Palmer and Russell Wilson. They're two different quarterbacks. Uh, But I do think that these two teams are are going to go to blows uh, more than just the two times uh, you've got scheduled on the calendar right now. Uh, What do you have to say about that, Dr. Jones? I agree. I I hate having probably the second best team or maybe third best team in the NFC West in my same division with me. The Seahawks uh, respect them, but hate them at the same time. I, I can probably speak for Justin to say that I don't think there's a better in-division rivalry amongst strong teams right now um, than there is in the NFC West. Uh, now we just have to decide who's the better running back, David Johnson or Thomas Rawls. What do you say, Justin? Well, I say Thomas Rawls to that. In terms of the two teams in the division, I definitely think it's clear that these are two of the best teams in the entire NFL who just happen to be able to play each other twice in the year, which I think is exciting. In terms of who's going to come first place, I think your assessment is pretty good that it's going to be really close, could very well come down to tiebreakers. I definitely like my Seahawks winning that. I think that um, getting a number one or number two seed is what is critical and essential for the Seahawks to make the the Super Bowl because of you know our our home field advantage is just so incredible. Although I do want to say, and Brian, I don't want to hurt your feelings. This is a nice rivalry. We've had better. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into. Um... Let's get into some of these seedings. And, James, since I didn't talk to you about the AFC South there, I do have the Texans uh, as the division winner and the third seed uh, in the playoffs. You will face the sixth seed Bengals, uh, but you get the home game, uh, which will be nice for you. What what do you think the outcome of that game would be in the postseason? You're you're telling me that I get to face Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton in the playoffs. (laughs) Um, How am I not supposed to love that? Um, You know, obviously having a home game would be nice. Uh, You know, we have a good history. We've beat the Bengals twice in the playoffs already. Um, You know, just about every team that plays the Bengals in the playoffs has beat them already. Um, You know, last year we ended – they're – we ended their run of having a perfect season. Uh, we did that in Cincinnati. Um, I mean, I, I think we just match up really well against a team that just does not have a good track record of playing well in the playoffs. So I'm all for that matchup. So uh, I agree with you. I have the Texans beating the Bengals there, uh, mainly based on the home field advantage and obviously history, uh, which I don't think will play well for Marvin Lewis, which is unfortunate. I, I Marvin Lewis to me feels like the Marty Schottenheimer of our time. What do we, what do we think of that comparison? Well, certainly the Chiefs Marty Schottenheimer because he got the Chiefs to the the playoffs regularly throughout the nineties and then 
uh, couldn't do anything going on. But he was actually pretty good with the Chargers. So if uh, if if Marvin Lewis can become the Chargers, Marty Schottenheimer, who does really well for them and then gets fired for no reason, um, I guess that's good for them this season. <laughs> They're Go in ahead. that Andy Reid Eagle situation, though, where you have a coach that consistently gives you an opportunity, consistently puts out a good team that plays well. And I do think that if they don't start winning playoff games, they're going to fire him, and then they're going to go right into that Eagles territory of not winning, of the team disintegrating, and then um, kind of looking longingly, longingly back on him, sort of like the Eagles are doing now. See, I think uh, I think the Bengals are have turned a page in their franchise. I don't think they're going to win a playoff game this year, but I do think like uh, Br- uh, the owner Brown there is giving Marvin Lewis the time that he needs to find that franchise quarterback down the road, similar to uh, Marty Schottenheimer's uh, disciple uh, Bill Cower. Cower searched forever for a quarterback in Pittsburgh, and they gave him time, and eventually he stumbled across Roethlisberger. And I think the Bengals are basically going with that same pattern, maybe not intentionally, but that's what it seems how it's playing out right now. Are you saying that Andy Dalton is not the guy? Correct. I think he's more Neil Donald than he is anyone who could actually win a real game. The uh, fourth seed in the AFC playoffs will be my Patriots. They will face the Oakland Raiders, who... Uh, are sort of my fling on the side from the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's where my love affair will end with the Raiders. Obviously, I will stick with my first love. But beyond that, the Raiders coming all the way to the East Coast and playing in New England uh, in the month of January, we know how that ends. Uh, That will send the Patriots uh, to face the Steelers at Heinz Field, Greg, uh, and you mentioned you don't see the Steelers being able to beat Tom Brady. However, I disagree with you. I do not think this Patriots team can beat the Steelers at Heinz Field in the playoffs. I've got the Steelers advancing to the AFC Championship. If you tell me we're healthy with uh, healthy Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, I'll agree with you. But we haven't had those the last two years. And that's why we've gone one and two in the playoffs. So... I I hope you're right. James, your Texans will um, move on and face Nick's Chiefs. Uh, However, since you're in the vaunted Arrowhead, I don't see your ride lasting much longer, and I have the Chiefs advancing to the AFC Championship. So the the one thing on that, I know we got shelled by uh, the Chiefs last year in the first round of the playoffs, and uh, I'm not going to make so many excuses as to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, Watt had so many uh, core muscle injuries because we were also shut out in that game. And so, you know, it doesn't matter how many – if we would have just held the Chiefs to a field goal, we still would have lost. Um, that that game, though, went very uh, poorly as an understatement. Uh, we let the opening kickoff get returned for a touchdown. After that, uh, I believe we had five turnovers in the first half. So – if I told you that a team let up an opening uh, opening kickoff touchdown and turned the ball over five times, I don't think you ever would have guessed that that team only would have been down 13 nothing at halftime. Um, that was the kind of the silver lining in all of that uh, misery of that football game, that despite our offense repeatedly shooting ourselves in the foot, uh, the defense was able to hold up for a half, um, and then you know the, the floodgates opened in the second half. But uh, with an improved offense, I think we can at least uh, stay competitive with the Chiefs. Chiefs may or may not have Justin Houston back at that time. Um, they will obviously well, likely have Jamal Charles. So uh, while there will be a similar – while there, there will be two of the team, the, the same two teams will be playing, uh, fundamentally there will be two very different teams at the same time. Nick, your thoughts on advancing to the AFC Championship game against the Steelers? Well, I like that James's silver lining of that playoff game was that we lost 30 to nothing, but it could have been worse. Um, <laughs> I, I'd like to also point out that you know, the Chiefs also shellacked the, the Texans in week one of last season. It's something like 21 to three at half, and then they pulled a lot of starters, basically uh, put on, you know, basically coast through the second half, and, and Ryan Mallett put out a few garbage uh, time touchdowns. But, I mean, that was another pretty, you know, 
pretty back-to-front domination by, by the Chiefs over the Texans. I'm not too concerned about them uh, going into this game. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's the, the Chiefs' time that they move beyond that divisional round. So you're in the championship game. You're at Heinz Field. What are your thoughts now against the Steelers? <clears throat> you know, when it came down to the, the playoffs last year, there was a lot of different possible permutations towards the end of the season of where we wanted to end up. And there was even a situation where it's like, all right, things take a certain way. We might get the Steelers in Arrowhead or Texans on the road. And like pretty much most of the Chiefs fans were like, yeah, no, we'll take the Texans on the road. Um, and, and I still feel that way. I, mean, I think the Steelers are uh, you know, about as good of a team there is uh, in, in the AFC. Uh, it really depends on how the Chiefs' cornerback situation shakes out throughout the year. There's a bit of a question mark in, in the space that's left behind Sean Smith. I think we have some young guys that are going to step up and fill that, and you know, a good enough overall defensive backfield with uh, the safety position where you can help that out. But if you don't have that sorted out against the Steelers, that's going to be a major problem. Um, so it, it'll be a really tough, really hard-fought game. If we're playing an arrowhead, I'd be a lot more confident. But, yeah, I definitely think that the Chiefs could take it. And, and also the Chiefs are, are built to be the sort of team that actually does play very well in the playoffs with very stout defense. Those tend to be the teams that are able to, to hold out those, those close, hard-fought wins once we get uh, deep into the playoffs in the last few years. Greg, retort. No, I think that's the formula for beating the Steelers in the playoffs. Uh, assuming everyone's healthy, uh, the Steelers' defense is still has yet to prove that they're any, a good unit or not. And in the playoffs, the better defense normally prevails because the, you know, the Chiefs' offense could be conservative and take their time and score enough to stay with the Steelers and maybe forcing some turnovers in the game. Uh, I think that's a good call. I also, as a Steeler fan uh, through my lifetime, we've not fared so well at home on these AFC title games. So that actually, <laughs> even though I'm the guy that normally picks the home team to win all the games during the pick'em, I, I would actually prefer the Steelers be on the road for the AFC title game just because Bill Cowher kind of ruined those for me in my childhood and young adulthood. So. Well, I'm uh, as I mentioned, my boyfriends are the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm not going to dump them here. I'm going to take the Chiefs all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, but who will they face as we switch gears and move to the NFC now? Uh, the third seed will be the Carolina Panthers at 13 and three. You, as you heard earlier, I have the Seahawks, Cardinals, Panthers all at 13 and three with the Packers at 14 and 12. So the Packers will get the one seed. The Seahawks will take the two seed based on something, probably conference record. Uh, I, I, I got to learn to take better notes. Uh, but the Seahawks will get the two seed. The Panthers will end up being the third seed. They'll face the uh, Chicago Bears, who'll get the last wild card. Uh, the Giants will be the fourth seed as the winners of the NFC mediocre uh, to face those 13 and three Cardinals. Um, and Dr. Jones, I can only hope but assume you, you would love to see this scenario. You don't want that extra game. Obviously, you'd love to have the rest and you'd love to have a home game. But to face the nine and seven Giants is sort of gift wrapping you uh, a, a buy, if you will. I agree. Whoever from the NFC East shows up to be the the best team this year, I think whoever faces them in the first round of the playoffs is going to be very happy. Neil, if your team does happen to pull that off, do you agree with that assessment? Uh, Yeah, Washington ended up playing the Cardinals uh, in Arizona again. (laughs) Yeah, I can't see anybody else but the Cardinals winning that one. well, you would end up hosting it. You would end up hosting that game as as a division champion. Oh, as division winners, yeah. Oh, that's a different story. Then we'll absolutely thrash them. <laughs> uh, obviously, I've got the the Panthers at thirteen and three against the Bears again. I think that's a huge mis a huge mismatch, and I'll have the Panthers advance. Uh, those Panthers will then have to fly across the country, Justin, to face your Seahawks. And as you mentioned, I mean, that is not only do you have that huge home field advantage, but to have that country flight advantage as well, I think goes a long way. Yeah, that matters quite a bit. 
the Panthers did manage to win in Seattle last year. I think that that's that's a very unusual thing to happen. That doesn't happen very much. And we've seen with this team, they do have an ability to get up for games uh, and any game against the Panthers after that is going to be something that they really get up for. Um, well, I see potential for the Panthers to be every bit as good this year as they were last year. When they do come to Seattle, I'm going to go on the record right now and anticipate them to get absolutely thrashed. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't see the Panthers uh, pulling off that miracle. Plus, it was a regular season game. This is the postseason. I don't want to make it as as simple as you know teams get up for the postseason. Um, but there is sort of a different feel. Obviously, there's a lot more urgency involved in the game, and that home field advantage will go a long way to bolstering those Seahawks players uh, and getting them past the Carolina Panthers. The Packers are the one seed, Dr. Jones, and so you will have a game in Lambeau Field, but I do think the Packers are ultimately paper champions here. As I mentioned, the easiest regular season schedule uh, is going to inflate their record uh, tremendously this season um and, and that's going to come through uh when you when you have to face them in lambeau uh, and the cardinals will come away as the victors in that one i love that scenario this is not your um the same arizona cardinals from the 80s and 90s we can play in cold weather we've got the running game to match the passing game i think we're a much more rugged team than they are i think we're much more physical and I think we'd prove that on the field in um, in Lambeau. You know, I will say as as I looked at as I looked at the AFC matchups versus the NFC matchups, I don't think the NFC matchups are going to be all of that all that interesting. Uh, you know, there might be some interest just based on you know the overall records that these that these teams may or may not have at that time of the year, uh, but ultimately, I. I see major mismatches in all of these games, whereas in the AFC games, I think they're going to be much more competitive and much and much closer than what the NFC games are going to lead until we get to what many will probably call the true Super Bowl, uh, and that is the Seahawks hosting the Cardinals. This will be the third time your teams will meet, and I do believe, as I look at my notes, that I split the games between the two of you uh, during the regular season. And so now you have the rubber match. Uh, who's going to come out on top? I think it's pretty clearly going to be the Seahawks. I think that the playoff atmosphere is something that the Cardinals couldn't handle last year. I don't see them being able to handle that this year. I think that as, as much as things like kind of championship pedigree gets overblown, I think there's some relevance to that. I think the fact that a lot of the team, like quarterback Russell Wilson, are younger, probably going to be physically in a little bit better shape come that, that time of the year. That'll make an impact. If we are the number two seed, we have that bye week. That sort of thing will have an impact. And if it's at CenturyLink, um, I see it being probably a good game as long as the Cardinals don't get down early and buckle like they did last year. Um, but I would say with a great deal of confidence, I would anticipate the Seahawks winning that game. And personally, I laugh in your general direction. I'm unimpressed by your argument. The Cardinals have won in Seattle two out of the last three years. That buckle job you um, you trumpet from last year, we came back and won that game after being up by 15 to 20 points, went down in the fourth quarter, came back to basically give the knockout blow in the last two minutes of that game, um, thus ending Seattle's reign as NFC West champions. I see that continuing. We play in Seattle on December 24th, week 16. It'll be basically a month from that game. We will understand the atmosphere. We've played there a million times in the past. And um, I see this as one of our greatest triumphs. If you don't think that 27-16 loss to the Panthers was buckling, I would love to hear what your definition is. That was a game that was never really in question once we got into the third quarter against a team that was really good but not incredible. I, I would agree with that. So we were shell-shocked. I think losing the Honey Badger um, hurt a little bit more than any of the teams thought. I don't think we came out strong in that game. Our secondary was exposed. One of the reasons we let safety Rashad Johnson go was his speed on the back end of our defense. Picking up Tyvon Branch, I think, from Kansas City is really going to help in that area. 
I think you're going to see a team galvanized by that loss, not a team that buckles because of that loss. And that's something that's going to be um, tested out through this season. But I think you're going to see a Cardinals team that's going to come out with a killer mentality. And I, I think that's what's going to happen. The only thing I will say that I have the Seahawks winning this game, and again, the differentiator, as I can't even say the word anymore, uh, is that home field advantage. I think if this game was played in Arizona, I would probably take the Cardinals as well. When you're looking at two teams that are this equal to each other, um, you have to look for these little things that are going to stand out. Yes, the Cardinals have won in in Seattle before. I give you all the credit. I will say that probably is the true Super Bowl this year. I think we won't see a better game than that one uh, before the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that will be the game of the year for sure. Uh, And I will also add what doesn't work in your favor, Dr. Jones, uh, and James can sort of attest to this. Uh, as last year, uh, the little Texans in Connecticut uh, seemed to hold back the Texans from winning games early in the season. Uh, I will tell you that uh, this year uh, we are the little Cardinals in Connecticut. Uh, uh, hopefully we won't uh, have an effect on the big boys. I love to hear that. Go Cardinals. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, and and our Super Bowl, I have the Seahawks uh, versus the Chiefs. Uh, I would love to hear the two of you debate who could win this one. Uh, Nick, uh, give it a stab. Oh man, this would actually be this would be a great Super Bowl, um, and, and it would be definitely a tough one. You know, I actually, as a Chiefs fan, you know, I think I would rather see the Chiefs play against uh, the Cardinals in the Super Bowl if it was going to come down to that, just because. I think pass rush can affect Carson Palmer a lot more than it can affect Russell Wilson. If anything, Wilson is one of those guys that can can escape and still damage you, even if you do destroy his pocket. Um, so that's one of those things that would, that would make me really worry about it. But I, I do think back to the, you know, the the time that the Chiefs played the, the Seahawks uh, two seasons ago. And, again, I'm not going to say this like, oh, the results going to be the same. What I enjoyed about it, it was one of my favorite games I think I've watched over the last few years because it was practically a rugby game. I think each side passed like less than 20 times. And it was just smashing into each other every single play. And I have a feeling that's what we would see uh, in the Super Bowl if it were to come down to it. I mean, what? It, and the other thing that I was going to make an argument for that I don't think – I'm not sure who it, it tips in favor of is that the Chiefs have a lot of possibly future Hall of Fame veterans on the defense. But they know that they're going to be hanging it up in the next several, you know, probably three seasons-ish. The guys like Tomba, Derek Johnson – um, they know that they're they're going to be veteran leaders for this this defense going into you know, the biggest stage in the game, and they also know that this is going to be possibly the apex of their career. Uh, in fact, uh, skinning there would be the apex of their career. So, I mean, I think they they would be getting this team riled up and, and able to fight hard. Same thing. The problem is they'd be the same thing on the Seahawks side, and they have been there before. Um, on on the offense, I think that's what would be able to break it up, and who's going to be able to get the breakaway big touchdowns if it comes down to it. The Chiefs have definitely some weapons for that. If Jamal Charles is healthy in the Super Bowl, he's one of those difference makers that in a tight game is likely to break one at any time. Um, you know, Macklin's going to steady if he's healthy. And, uh, you know, I, I think overall the Chiefs had a much stronger offensive output than the, the Seahawks last year. We'll see what the Seahawks are able to do to improve that. But particularly with uh, a bit of a faulty offensive line, um, you know, if the Chiefs can be smart about boxing Wilson in, I think I think it should be a Chiefs win in the Super Bowl and a great one. There's a lot to unpack there. First off, just let me say, Nick, I absolutely love your logic of this will be a hard game, but our guys are really old, so I think that gives us a chance. <laughs> uh, r- realistically, there aren't many teams I would like to see less than the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Chiefs have handled the Seahawks the last couple of times. Uh, they've played each other, and and I don't think that's by accident. I do think, just taken in a vacuum, the Seahawks have the better offense. The Seahawks have the better defense. Um, the Seahawks have the better roster top to bottom. But a lot of that is matchup, and I don't think the Seahawks match up particularly well with the Chiefs, especially if they have Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles, the, the way that he plays the game, this Seahawks defense, which is so good at shutting down so many teams, doesn't have a great answer for that a running back who is such a uh, prolific receiving threat. I think that 
it would be a really, really, really good game. I also think, going back, Pod, to what you talked about, Alex Smith, I think he's criminally underrated. And I think several of the best games of his entire career have been in the playoffs when he put up over 40 versus the Colts. I remember when he was with the Niners, won an absolute shootout versus Drew Brees and the Saints when they were at the peak of their powers. Um, you know, 99% of the time, yeah, it's just little dink and dunk, very safe things, very turnover averse, which is good when you're playing the Seahawks. But in the most important games of his life, he's been able to turn it on. So don't sleep on him. And yes, I think Russell Wilson is a much better quarterback than he. I don't think the gap is as big as people would want to give it credit for. I would still pick the Seahawks here. I think that as the Panthers learned, getting prepared and up for Super Bowl is not like any other game. It is really, really difficult. There's a lot that goes on leading up to it. Um, I think that's going to have an impact. I think that the Seahawks offense is substantially improved from what people have seen. I think you saw that a bit at the last half of this year, but with Tyler Lockett emerging as I think a real number one with Thomas Rawls, hopefully back and healthy with an offensive line that can honestly only get better. And the addition of Nick Bennett, the tight end who is a terrific blocker who we didn't have a blocking tight end last year. I think that the offenses actually are, are going to be the big difference here. And I think that the Seahawks would squeak out a close one, but I will be honest, I would not be thrilled about this matchup here. Well, I don't know why, other than the fact that I will pick the Seahawks as my Super Bowl 51 champions. And James, the, the Super Bowl is in Houston this year. Can we all come and stay at your house? Is that cool? Uh, I, I will have to uh, get my house back on the market, I guess. Uh, sure, there's always room. <laughs> uh, excellent. I, I I do ultimately think while the Chiefs are my boyfriends uh, for this year, and I'll be rooting hard for them, even as AFC brethren, I think the Seahawks. Uh, I think the Seahawks defense will ultimately make the the right play at the right time. Uh, and and we'll put this game away for Seattle, and they'll come home with another Super Bowl trophy, which, by the way, still stings because Pete Carroll, quite possibly my most hated coach uh, for the New England Patriots ever. He, he almost moved them to St. Louis, and for that I shall never forgive him. Uh, it was his fault. It was all his fault. All right, let's get some Super Bowl predictions out of the rest of you. Neil, who do you got in the Super Bowl? Uh... I would. I think I. I like Pittsburgh for the Super Bowl, but I'm. I would. My only concern there would be just how good that defense is going to be, and it needs to be good. Uh, I would go Pittsburgh, and. Uh, yeah, I mean Seattle or the Cardinals. They look like or the Panthers. They look like the three class teams in the NFC. I'll go the Panthers again, and I think I'll give the Panthers the Super Bowl title. I think they've got the best quarterback in the league. James, who do you like? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers making it in. Um, I, I think that, you know, Seattle and Arizona are just going to beat each other up a bit too much. Um, you know, car, having to rely on Carson Palmer to stay healthy the entire season is a, is a tall ask. Um, you know, Seattle having to retool to get, a, to get Thomas Rawls in there, who's never uh, finished a season healthy. From the AFC side, I'm going to have to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I think they have enough weapons that even if one does go down, they have enough people to – or I should say another one now that uh, Martavis Bryant, I believe, is suspended for the year. Uh, if they lose another one, they still have enough options uh, to put points on the board, and the defense won't be as bad as it was last year. I guess I'll put it that way. Um, so that will be my matchup in the Super Bowl. Uh, I was just wondering, you've got Green Bay in the final there. Uh, in the Super Bowl, is Aaron Rodgers an overrated quarterback? Tough. I think he's properly rated, um, especially when you look at all the hype that Andrew Luck gets. Um, you know, he, he definitely – there were definitely games last year or basically the entire season where they just asked him to, you know, win every single game. I think people take a little bit away from Aaron Rodgers because he seems to have more of a laissez-faire attitude towards it. Um, not so much as a, an I-don't-care-at-all attitude like you know Jay Cutler usually presents, but uh, I, I think he's kind of properly rated. I'll come to Aaron Rodgers' defense best. a little bit too. 
I'll just say, you know, while he didn't have Jordy Nelson for the entirety, well, for most of last season, uh, I don't want to make excuses for the guy. But when you're dealing with, you know, third and fourth string wide receivers, for the most part, he's still winning games that the Packers probably shouldn't be winning. Uh, If he can keep his number one and number two guy, Jordy Nelson and, and Randall, uh, healthy for the entire season, uh, I think the I think the Packers are going to be a tough offense to beat. Yeah, I'm going to jump in here. I think that even the the question to me just seems ridiculous. I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL, has been for several years. If you look at last year, which is supposed to be this down year, which is where we're all questioning him, still completed more than 60% of his passes, was just a little shy of 4,000 yards, still threw 31 touchdowns to eight interceptions. If that is a down year that makes us question everything about you as a quarterback, then what the heck is wrong with us? Now, I don't want to get into the Andrew Luck thing because guys know how I feel about Andrew Luck, and I think he's badly overrated, and he's getting a pass for a year that's garbage, whereas we're asking about how good Aaron Rodgers is based off of a season that 20 teams in the league would absolutely love out of their quarterback. I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. I think when he retires, when we look back, um, he may need to get another ring or two, but I, I think that he is the, in terms of what he is able to do and does on the field, he he is probably going to go down as the best quarterback there ever was. I'm just, uh, just basing it on uh, last year. I'm basing it on the fact that the guy has been in the league for, I'm going to say, a starter for about seven or eight years now. Uh, supposed to be the best quarterback in the league. And the great quarterbacks in the league, they tend to come back and drag you into Super Bowls. The guy's been in one Super Bowl in his career uh, as a starter, and I don't think that's good enough. I think he needs to, uh, I think he needs to finish things off and get his team into a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I completely reject the the idea that Super Bowls are what let you know if a quarterback is great or not. There are so many factors that go go into a Super Bowl. There are so many quarterbacks that are not great, that have won Super Bowls. There are so many quarterbacks that are absolutely incredible that haven't won Super Bowls. You know, there's 22 players on the field at a given time. You have a 53-man roster. I do not believe that if you took the best quarterback ever, let's say it's Tom Brady, I don't think you could plunk him down on this year's Cleveland Browns and expect that they're a Super Bowl contender. That's just not how football works. And I think that equating quarterback wins and quarterback playoff victories and quarterback Super Bowls with how good they are as a quarterback is just absurd. I don't, I think absurd might be a little too strong, but I I get what you're saying, and I was going to say the same thing. I think I think a lot of why Aaron Rodgers hasn't been in another Super Bowl has been more because of personnel, not because of Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers has done the best he possibly can. I would look at the AFC West, uh, where Philip Rivers is arguably the best quarterback, and actually they all chose Philip Rivers as the best quarterback in that division, and yet the Chargers aren't going to be anywhere near smelling the playoffs this season. Yeah, that's exactly my point. I mean, you look at that quarterback class from that year where we had uh, Roethlisberger, Manning, and Rivers. I think that you could make make the case that Rivers is competing with Roethlisberger to be the, the best of the bunch. However, Eli Manning has those two rings. So never mind the fact that the actual on the field performance from Phillip Rivers has pretty much consistently always been way better than Eli Manning. Eli Manning's probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame, and there's a real question with Philip Rivers. See, I just don't contradict Aaron Rodgers winning. I, I just don't see Aaron Rodgers winning the big game in recent seasons. Maybe it's injury, maybe it's uh, uh, temperament, maybe it's a team around him. I just don't. I just don't have the the feeling that if I was wanting one quarterback currently in the league to uh, to save my life with a touchdown drive, not sure I would take Rodgers. So those two Hamari drives that he had last year didn't uh, seal the deal. Uh, don't remind me. Don't remind me. Yeah. <laughs> remind me for remind me of how they did last season. They went to the. Well, I mean, you had like you, you had, you had two years ago. You, you had two years ago where Aaron Rodgers missed out on going to the Super Bowl, I believe, because Ha Ha Clinton Dix couldn't cover uh, the the Seattle. Uh, tight end on a two-point conversion when Russell Wilson was 15, was running 15 yards back and just threw a, a pop-up into the end zone. That's really oh, nice. Rodgers didn't put enough points on the board beforehand. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, Dr. Jones, your Super Bowl predictions. Well, I've, um, I'm dubbing this the season of revenge. So I've got the NFC championships going to be Carolina and Arizona again in Carolina with Arizona getting the win this year. And then they're going to be facing off uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that beat the New England Patriots in the AFC championship with Arizona finally clinching their first Super Bowl title. I think it's, um, I think it's our time. I think the stars are aligning. Um, revenge against Pittsburgh and revenge against Carolina in the same season would be very sweet for us. All right, Greg, your your Super Bowl. Well, since everyone's picking the Steelers, I refuse to. Uh, I'll go with the. Uh, I'll say the. Let's say the Bengals get to the Super Bowl this year, and I was going to go with the Packers because I, I I do believe in them, but I'll I'll be a little bit different here, and let's just. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Let's just say it's going to be the Bengals versus the Cowboys, just for fun. Oh and, my uh, gosh! <laughs> what? The whole God. world would explode. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like saying the Game of Thrones finale, series finale, is going to end up being um, Bran Stark versus uh, I don't even know. Like, can, give me an irrelevant character, James. Yeah, send your emails to nextfanup at gmail.com. We need a new Steelers superfan. Ours has gone off the reservation. Well, hold on, hold on. I, I do have credence for this because do you guys remember last year who we predicted to be to win the Super Bowl? That uh, we we took our thirty-two votes. We were geniusly picked the Baltimore Ravens to win the Super Bowl over the Green Bay Packers. Well, that's the problem with crowd thinking. It's just it doesn't work. So I heard five guys pick the Steelers, and uh, is what is what you're saying Packers. is what you're saying that the Super Bowl is not won in the off season? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think don't so. tell Monty that. You mean during the month of June we can't figure <laughs> out who these who these teams are going to be? That's that's unbelievable. Who would have thought? You just made all of our content irrelevant. Darn it! Uh, all right, uh, Nick, who do you got in the Super Bowl? All right. Well, I, I agree with a lot that's been said here. I mean, I, I would my inclination would be to the Packers, but I've been picking them for the Super Bowl for like the last three straight years, and it just hasn't happened. And I don't think that some of the pieces around Aaron Rodgers have gotten good enough for for it to be really their year. Although with him, I I am I'm a Aaron Rodgers believer, and I think he definitely could make it there. Um, I actually think that Carolina's going to be back in town. My, my scenario is not too different from, uh, from Dr. Jones. I think, I think it's likely going to be those two at the NFC championship. Um, and I, I just think it's going to be – it's not going to be a total repeat of, of you know, what we've seen before, but I think I, – I, I just still feel like that defense is going to be able to stymie the, the Cardinals and us. I, I'm starting to wonder when we're going to see Carson Palmer start showing a little bit of Peyton Manning. Um, it's going to be coming relatively soon. He had that one last bad game, and he's going to be. It's going to be another long season, a year older. Um, we'll, we'll just see. But I, I think with some of the weapons that Carolina has coming back and that they've added on, I think they're actually going to be a pretty dangerous team again this year. Uh, and in a division that I think that they can wrap up, you know, maybe halfway, three fourths of the season again. Um, so I think it's going to be the Panthers back in there. On, on the AFC side, I don't know. I, I'm close. It's close to toss up for me between Pittsburgh and, and Chiefs. Although since I picked them to win, to beat the beat the Steelers in the AFC Championship again, I guess I have to stick with that. I'm going to keep with my homer pick here of uh, of the Chiefs. Um, I do think the Stars are sort of aligned a bit uh, for their year. I mean, the Justin Houston injury is the one sort of thing that doesn't really fit the narrative. But I, I think this is the most talented team overall that the Chiefs have had probably. No, in a very, very long time. And um, and I think they're well-built for the playoffs, and I think they'll make it back in there. And Justin, your Super Bowl prediction. All right. Uh, so for for mine, Jay, I'm not sure how you're going to feel about it. I like the Patriots to represent the AFC. I know that you're doing the, the little super fan tamper-down expectation thing so you can be thrilled. But I don't think that four-game suspension is going to hurt Brady at all. Obviously, I don't think he needs the practice of weeks one through four. Um, the AFC East is just a dumpster fire. Uh, now it sounds like Sheldon Richardson is going to miss at least a game with the suspension. Um, so I think that 
them winning that division is pretty much guaranteed. I think that the odds of them having a really high seed in the playoff for, playoffs are really good. Honestly, I do believe that the Steelers are a better team. I think that they're the best offense in the NFL, and I think it's by a pretty good margin. And I think that their defense improved a lot over the end of last year and are better than people realize. However, kind of like what Greg was saying and kind of like what I was saying with the Seahawks Chiefs, sometimes there's just certain matchups that just don't work out. I mean, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if we lost both our games to the Rams again this year. And the Steelers... Patriots games, regardless of how the rosters are made up, seem to go pretty strongly one direction. And so I think when it gets playoff time, I think that they'll meet in the AFC Championship. And I think really just for that reason, just based on history, I'm going to go with the Patriots, even though I think the Steelers are the better team. Representing the NFC, I think it will be my Seahawks. So I think we may be looking at a repeat of Super Bowl from a couple of years ago, which I think would be really, really exciting, really, really fun and has the potential to break one of our hearts. Um, I would love to hear your reaction if uh, Pete Carroll beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But, you know, for all the reasons I mentioned earlier, I, th- I think the, the Seahawks were down last year. It was not the team it's been. They weren't who they're accustomed to being. Uh, and every, everything I'm saying, every indication is that they're that they're back to being who they were. So I really, really like our chances coming out of the NFC. And so that that's that's what I'm expecting is, a repeat of the Super Bowl from two years ago. What I would love to see is if this time around Pete Carroll decides to run it, but it's Thomas Rawls and he gets stuffed, uh, or even worse, fumbles, uh, and and thus game over Patriots. And, and Malcolm Butler somehow ends up with it anyway. Yes, that would be great. That, that <laughs> I, I would love that scenario. That would be the perfect scenario uh, that you've painted. We want to know what your scenario is. Send them in nextfanup at gmail.com. You can tweet us at NFU Podcast. And of course, you'll be able to check this out as well as all of our other postings on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash NFU podcast. Please, please, please engage with us. We have a few more shows here. Uh, we'll have a show coming up on Thursday. Uh, that will be, I don't know, some sort of off-season show. We've got, I believe, three or four shows before the actual preseason training camps open. Uh, so uh, we still have a few more shows to to delve into some of these crazy fun off-season topics. Send in your ideas. Email us, nextfanup at gmail.com. And, of course, when you subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave us a review. We love getting reviews. We love reading them. And we'll read your review here on the show. Leave one. iTunes. Check it out. All right. For all of our super fans, I, uh, I am humbly Pod Vader. I leave you with the immortal words of Jeff Fisher. There you have it. Well, I think we learned today that, um, you know, this game is four quarters long. There you go, guys. Isn't it going to be awkward when another player loses two fingers this weekend? I think I mentioned I think I mentioned a couple times that we haven't updated the, the news on any of these pro- podcasts. So, All right. I, I think Gronk is my number one seed to blow off some fingers at a fire. How dare you? How dare you? Dare you? Am he'll, I wrong? He'll, he'll have one go off in his hand. I just won't do anything to him. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes him mad. He's like Mongo. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.